What a beautiful day to make terrible content. Hey, I'm Dunk. I'm not so Dunk. And we're the game Dunks. Actually, it's just one Dunk. So before I made the decision to stop, um, like, caring about saving music locally. And instead, I'm just uh, trying to, like, appreciate the music I have access to before it's taken off of Spotify. Or it's like, like periodically I look back through and it's like, this song is not available because it's from an OST or a publisher or something like that, that they no longer have right. access to. But the thing is like with that, I don't remember what song it was that was listed there. You just now said, uh, the, uh, one of the 700 songs is no longer in your library. I'm like, okay. Okay. Right. It's kind of like if you, if you had 700 kids and then, uh, someone was like, Hey, I've abducted one of your kids. You'd be like, ah, I mean, that could matter, I guess. But like, I see most of the important ones still here where they're like, no, I got Timmy the third. You're like, oh my gosh, that's the one I cared about. Right. Like <laughs> that he was a shiny. The first like two that. Timmy's were mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is literally that though. Like a personal, like the less specific, the loss of in your uh, music. Um, in your music collection, at least, the I think the easier it is to cope with it. Like if you lost something and you didn't know what you lost, maybe this is going to get depressive. But if you lost something and you didn't know what you lost, it's harder to feel more about it. Well, right, but you wouldn't find out until later, and that's when you would actually care. Yeah, mm -hmm. like when you discover the song again, you're like, oh my god, I used to love this song. Like meeting your long lost Timmy the Third, yeah, or a utensil that you misplaced, or an article of clothing that. You swear you left at somebody's house, but I don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. Oof. I, I don't do know if that last one was because you left something at my house or not. It, it, it sounded a little pointed. <laughs> I do know there was a shirt I left at Luke's, and he definitely lost that, and that's on him. Oof. I'm not mad about it because it was like 10 bucks from like five years ago, mm -hmm. but I still like to joke about it. That's like two bucks in current years time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is literally multiplied five, <laughs> five times, except for minimum wage. Anyway, um, and I also got like a nice shirt that was like thirty dollars at a store at the King of Prussia Mall. I'm like, this is a good shirt. I'm gonna wear this more often. Yeah. And it was a long sleeve kind of over shirt. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Mm -hmm. Don't know where the fuck that is. Oof. And I swear I left it at somebody's house, but I don't talk to that person anymore. And it's way too late to ask. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Like, I have a bunch of stuff uh, that belongs to you at my house, but, like, we never really talk anymore. <laughs> so I'm just like, what's what's the, like, the year the year that I can just claim this stuff as my own? I've got, like, the... Uh, Literally whenever. The, what a uh, preacher book, a um, bunch of other crap, like, half of my game collection of physical discs are yours. Um, I feel like one or two things I've said, like, get this back to me at some point. Other things, mm -hmm. if I haven't, I don't give a shit. I think there's also like there's an aspect of um, purposefully leaving things at people's house that I, I'm not like an anthropologist, but it's a form of community building where you're just like, oh, yeah, I mean, like I've got extra chairs, but they're Dave's. It's like, oh, yeah. And, I, and Dave's like given me some, like some games to, to hold on to for a bit till I beat them. And that'll never happen. So those are just at my house. It's like, you know, there's yeah, the back I just, and forth. I don't have thing. enough room at my place for those those discs. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's kind of like a community building 
sort of thing, I think, like a, a budget form of um, communalism. Well, Not yeah. communism, different thing, but communalism. But like, usually for me, if somebody says, hey, here's some food, take home with you, it's usually in their Tupperware. Right. And usually I'll be like, oh, I've eaten that thing. I will clean it and I will set it aside and not put it back in my cabinet. I'm like, I'll get this back to this person. Almost right. neurotically so. That's fair. I mean, Tupperware is perfect for that, though. Because if you are in a situation where you can also produce food, you're just like, here is some food. And they're like, okay, I'll get the Tupperware back to you. And you're like, no, haha, it was yours. I've completed the contract. Right. But like, I did that with Mike. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. We didn't even know you had that. And I'm like, I literally sat on this for a year because I was so determined. But it's very way, compressed now. Yeah. When I was at your place, Jenny's like, oh, do you want this picture back? And I'm like, what? She's like, this picture, it's yours. I'm like, I, is it? <laughs> and I honestly had no recollection of like saying like, here, borrow this picture. Like, when would I give you guys a, that much volume of liquid? Right. Or maybe it's just like, hey, we need a picture for this. I'm like, oh, I have an extra one. Here you go. But I don't right. recall at all. I wonder if that's ever been a situation where you're like, I, I really felt like I had a spatula <laughs> or like I should have had a spatula at this point in my life. But like someone else has the spatula. So you just buy another one. Yeah. You just turn into that person who's like giving all of your friends spatulas continually. We all I, know that guy, right? <laughs> spatula Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, one thing, if I could have a singular wish before I die for the sake mm-hmm. of this uh, singular argument, uh, I would love to be able to track down where certain possessions went. Like, Ooh, I've also okay. misplaced a number of music CDs over the years. Like I don't a know if it's rod. in the bottom of my car. I don't know if I gave it to somebody or what, what the fuck. So right. I would love just to see where those things went. That's a pretty good loop because we started talking about physical music. Well when the recording started for the podcast how's it going everyone welcome to another episode of soapstone my name is jake i'm joined by my co-host as always dave how's it going today dave that's going okay got a nice rainy weekend going i didn't i haven't looked outside yet i don't know what the weather is bro (laughs) it's it's raining i'm pretty (laughs) sure by you too a very short turnaround in podcast time. I took a shower, which is like raining and being in the rain, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you, you open the roof and <laughs> so, so you knew the weather. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. What if I was just like, oh, yeah, it was raining earlier. Like it's bright and sunny. Like I took a shower. That, like, that would be, that'd be a good bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like having somebody like that would be or a relationship with someone like that would be very taxing. They're just continually operating in a separate like definition of terms of reality. You're like, I went for a walk. And you're like, no, you didn't. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm walking in the video game. <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be a bit. Mm-hmm. I like some lightheartedness and some bullshit here and there. But if it was constant, I just mm, discount Disengage. everything they said. Yeah. That can be that can be tough. It can be tough to like find uh, people whose opinions and views on reality you empathize with, um, particularly when it comes to video games. I'm not going to acknowledge it. it. Was just good. Um, yeah, I was. I was. If you didn't say anything, I was just going to like double back. 
was gonna <laughs> like enter the roundabout and then just exit the same way I came in. But yeah, today's episode is about video game influencers. Yeah, that's. I wish a fun we had read. a sound effect to play right now. We could. I mean, we won't. I think that we was could. Tank that I did. <laughs> We have used tank already, unfortunately. Fuck. Although Fuck. that does that does mean that I I think I have it on the local disc somewhere, so we could throw it back in there. Instead, could we do the prices right? Come on down, music. Oh yeah, which is the other thing I probably meant to do. All right, if we forget to put that audio bite and remind us, listeners, you won't, coward. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. When we were initially planning for this topic and it's kind of racking my brain of who some people are that would fall under this category and what exactly it means, mm-hmm. uh, as I always do, I kind of go down this spiral of deep dive mm-hmm. for like really what is the purpose for them? Why do I give a shit? Yeah. And it's basically because video game marketing as a whole is biased to the game. Mm-hmm. They want to sell the game and make you interested in it. So they'll kind of highlight some things that they think you're interested in as the target audience. But that's really, you have to go off of just those trailers and then maybe like an IGN five-minute review, right? Right, yeah. So it's really easy um, for people our age to not trust those people because, again, they're doing it for profit. Mm -hmm. So you find yourself watching YouTubers, streamers, uh, other individuals who seem to have similar views or thoughts on games that you do and they might find something before you do whether it's like an early access copy or just hey i'm dicking around playing this this is something i used to play and i love it a lot and now you have that shared with you so it's kind of like taking other people's thoughts and opinions through word of mouth versus through marketing directly yeah i think it's like i mean there's been entire controversies over the reliability of public game critics and at the very least regardless of where you land on that and i really just don't care enough to land anywhere um the it does remain a fact that it's like if you were a company say it's ign or like GameSpot or whatever um at the end of the day these publishers are buying ad space like on your site right and so it's like yeah we are gonna go review you know uh, Dark Souls 15, but the um, like in the back of your mind, or maybe in your boss's mind, it's like they just gave us you know twenty thousand dollars to run ads over the next couple months, like prominently featured on the site. And so if we, you know, we just nuke this thing in reviews, it's like this is a mobile game, and it's got like a ten by ten resolution, and it's a shooter. You'd be like, maybe not what we expect in a Dark Souls game. Um, and so you you have all those factors at play. Like there's so much baggage with, I think the traditional review system, um, like, and you know, that's to say nothing of whether they get review copies at all. Right. Like if you absolutely nuke a publisher's, uh, game in reviews, they may choose not to send you early copies for review in the first, in the future. Like yeah, they hold like, a lot of that power. What is easier for them to do as a company to improve all of their failings based on somebody's opinion, mm-hmm. however right that may be or not? Or is it to say, hey, uh, this person's always talking shit. Let's not give them an avenue to talk shit. 
Exactly. And it's within their power to do so. Like in, um, you know, cyberpunk's case, they kind of notoriously didn't send out review copies until not long before the game launched. And you could say, Hey, that's because they don't want pirated copies out there in the wild. That's um, not why. <laughs> or it could be that they're not really confident in the game and they just want people to run through as quickly as possible, give early impressions. And then people jump in once they see the early impressions, that seems more likely. Um, and so, yeah, the traditional, the TLDR of all of that is the traditional model is complicated. And like, I do still check out reviews, but I do find myself more and more relying on personalities that are playing the games or word of mouth. Yeah. Like every time I talk about getting into a game or music or anything else, it's not like, oh, I was looking for something specific and discovered it all on my own. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, I saw something like that seems kind of interesting. Let me see what other friends who might be interested in that would feel about it. Right. Because I trust their opinion. We tend to like the same games. So then I get feedback from them and then I kind of make a judgment call. Cause like I've definitely had games that have been recommended to me that I'm like, that's not my jam. Mm -hmm. But if something is my jam and that person knows it's my jam, we're on the same page. I'm much more likely to check it out off of that. When you were saying that, I thought like if it's my jam and it's their jam and we're on the same and my brain was like toast, say toast. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, page makes more sense. Have you ever had a jam jam sandwich? (laughs) I like great, but I'd love to get some strawberry in there. You know, (laughs) I can really differentiate the flavors in a single bite. Yeah, Um, I, I think that's I agree. Like, I agree. Obviously, we have the same similar sort of friend group in this and, you know, there's sometimes like Ian, a uh, friend of the show and guest of the show many times, uh, as listeners will know, uh, hasn't played a game in a while. And he's just like, hey, here's the survival game. Like, he just drops it there. Everybody pick this up and play it. And we're just kind of like, eh, maybe kind of. But then sometimes, you know, everybody jumps in. And that kind of like the flash mob of video games is how we had experiences like all getting together to play um, uh, seven days to die. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that can have some unique experiences and you, like it's more community influenced in that case. So there's two aspects of this. There's like the local influence and then there's kind of the, the macro kind of global sort of influence that some of the personalities we're going to talk about has, I think. Um, but they both, I, I feel, hold more weight to me than the traditional review structure does at this point. Yeah. I, If somebody says something to me out of the blue, regardless of context, I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. So mm-hmm. multiple grains of salt on that one. Yeah. I, don't, I won't take it at face value. Though, if you or a YouTuber I know and respect... I also res- no one respect you, but I'm just saying you're not a YouTuber. I'm, try- oh, that's right. what I'm yeah. trying to make that distinction. You tuber. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a he's such a tuber. <laughs> but I mean, like obviously, with YouTubers or Twitch streamers, they're not people who I know personally. Yes. So it's mm-hmm. really off of their past reviews, uh, how they do their content, how they interact with the community. That it's all kind of based off of to build up that level of trust. Versus yeah. mm-hmm. Jake and I grew up together. Right, that's true. It's like, um, it's kind of, I, the way I think about it is there are some 
Uh, there's actually some public reviewers that work for different companies, GameSpot, Giant Bomb, whatever. I know I like their opinions on games, but I also know that they don't have the same agency that like these YouTube reviewers have, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like a person and optionally an editor that helps you out with videos, um, I know for the most part, I hope that your opinion is your own. And, you know, I know YouTube's in like, they've gotten a little bit more strict about disclaiming actual sponsorships, things like that. Like we know no one actually plays Raid Shadow Legends, right? Um, it's Genshin Impact now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like some people may actually play that. I I don't, I don't know why to, you know, just call some people out, but you know, it's, it's right there. That's fine. I haven't tried it. Um, uh, you can say whatever you want and like a, in a YouTube review, you don't have to have an editor come in and say like, Hey, you really shouldn't call out league of legends like that. You know, um, they're patented and- on fourth hit. Some effect happens has been working for years. How <laughs> dare you drag their name through the mud? <laughs> right. Completely unaffiliated <laughs> like with the company. There's <laughs> this oddly defensive guy about <laughs> one specific mechanic. Um, but I think, uh, having that that freedom in that agency to say what you really feel about a game and not worrying about how it's going to impact your uh, relationship with the publisher because you probably didn't get a review copy anyways um it can uh, it can really for me at least it improves the quality of the information you're getting you're like let's just sit down coffee shop environment tell me why this game sucks yeah and there have been times where i've heard reviews from people who I know and like where we will disagree on a thing and it doesn't make me not follow that person anymore and no longer listen to their advice mm-hmm. or respect their opinions on a given game. It's just for that one. I'm like, okay, we disagree on that. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Metal gear rising revengeance. <laughs> there you go. Like <laughs> the most divisive game that I've mentioned. in love. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, as I think I mentioned previously, like I wasn't really, into what I saw of Resident Evil 8. But a lot of people who do enjoy that have been giving a lot of praise. And it's yeah. awesome. And I'm glad that they like it. But that's again talking about me coming from a different place. And like I can still respect and appreciate it, but mm-hmm. I, I'll know that it's not for me, even if it's right. given praise by people who I respect their opinion. Right. And but some of that's like a, a genre difference thing, right? Oh, yeah. Like you're just like if if I see a bullet hell game and someone's like, this is the best bullet hell game to ever be made. Like this blows everything else out of the water. There will never be a better bullet hell game in the genre. I'll be like, Oh, that's cool. And I'll just keep going. Cause I just don't care. Right. Like <laughs> it's not, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my, uh, cup of, cup of bullet hell cup of hell. That would be a really interesting, uh, beverage name. Something, some spicy. I mean, they have Liquid Death as a water brand. Hmm. So it's just Ghost whatever. Ghost Pepper Coffee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop pooping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I real can't imagine problem. that would go well. <laughs> that would be so bad. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably enough preamble for some of the personalities you could introduce. Who would you like to start with on this list? I figure we can start with things that we have 
uh, determined to talk about and then branch out into the creative space. I'm scared. Uh, I'm going to pick donkey. <laughs> That's fair. So video game donkey friendly doesn't know has been a YouTuber for over a decade. Uh, did lots of league of legends content and like clips and rage videos with it. Yeah. And I liked him back then. Cause that was my sense of comedy back then. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't follow him for a bit. And then within more recent years, probably four, yeah, I probably started four checking five. him out again. Mm-hmm. And he still does good content. It's not League of Legends based. It's not yeah. screamy. But he it always... explicitly ended League of Legends as a game. You know, oh, yeah. as soon as he stopped doing content for it, <laughs> it it definitely went downhill. <laughs> um, but like, I've always liked his style of stuff. And when he does reviews, are actually good critical reviews like these are all fucking good and valid points oh yeah Mm -hmm. and he is somebody who's always said he's not a jrpg fan or any type of rpg it's not really his thing he likes Mm -hmm. mario games i'm on the opposite side of it i'm more of an rpg type person than a mario person yeah but even so like every single point that he's made whether it be criticizing last of us 2 or other games that are coming out i feel have all been well-based at least yeah mm-hmm. he also has like a really good I, th- I think donkey's tone and level of seriousness is this, the, the the part i really appreciate about his um uh, i don't know if i should call them reviews or content about videos or what have you some of them definitely are approaching well he literally gives a score it's a review <laughs> so um but maintain a facade of like sarcasm and like uh joyfulness or whimsy or whatever like across the whole thing you're just like oh you're just cracking jokes the whole time it's probably mm-hmm. the way to put it but then you're just like and then in the middle of all of that have an underlying theme of i'm ultimately disappointed in this game or this is like something that i think is being overlooked or something like that and it kind of just hits you usually like midway through the video like he he'll he'll throw in like one really smart remark that's just like legitimate just straight criticism and like a tirade of jokes and you're like oh oh right this game is garbage isn't it you know like and that's kind of a take i don't think um comes up a lot in content review like for games things like that uh, where the the whole tone is meant to be very entertaining and then there's a step, like a moment of, and here is how it actually is. And the whole, you can like watch it and be entertained, but also have a takeaway at the end. Yeah. Typically reviews are more so again, from like a more triple A type standpoint meant to be reviews. They're not meant to be entertaining, but donkey as a YouTuber keeps it entertaining. Yes. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just, him enjoying something silly in a game um, whether it's him having an obvious air of sarcasm about something or my favorite when he uses the video game's own marketing in the video Mm -hmm. and it kind of highlights hey this wasn't met or this is some straight up bullshit or doesn't match Um, it really drives it home more Mm -hmm. because you know at the end of the day he is just a gamer who does these because obviously it's his job now but he started doing it because he likes video games he likes making videos that are entertaining yeah so like you know his reasoning behind all of it is valid 
So when he has a give and take on something, you're like, okay, it's coming from a sound place. He did do research. He actually played through the whole game. Yeah. Which is another thing that apparently comes up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's important to, you know, get through the entire entire content. It does help if you don't get the review copy three days before, but, you know. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's, again, an issue with kind of how video game timeline is Cyberpunk. pushed. But. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do uh, appreciate his videos. I will say um, that his early so I, w- I didn't come in like ground floor like you guys uh did like the the people who were playing league i should say uh, you guys let me define the group so I'm just saying you guys um but his earlier like super kind of juvenile sort of humor uh doesn't land as much for me necessarily now um but here's an example of an individual that it's like has at least stayed engaging and like completely switched platforms like if you're known for one thing, like you're um he wasn't a professional player, but like if you're like an esports player for a game and you can switch games and maintain a community, like that's a big accomplishment. And Dunkey was literally like basically only league and then switched off to variety and then ultimately some of this review stuff. And I feel like he's even bigger now than he ever really was. Like if he posts a video, it goes to like top five on trending night instantly yeah like um, his past let's say two months of videos i'd be surprised if any of them was under five million views honestly mm-hmm. like even when he had that that week of like hey guys i'm done making good videos mm-hmm. those videos still fucking crushed and they were like three minutes long yeah because yeah. he was again like taking the medium of youtube and what was being posted and or like twitch clips and whatever and mm-hmm. kind of memeing on it from a not a bashing way but again kind of just like turning the mirror a little bit with a little yeah. bit of commentary and it's still entertaining so like yeah regardless of what he's talking about uh unless he has uh, an insane fucking take i'm always going to be checking out his videos and content not specifically for his opinion but he might be aware of something before i am mm-hmm. like Oh, here's this new game. It was really fun. I was playing with my wife. Okay, cool. Maybe that'd be for me. Yeah. Because he's showing some footage and showing what he enjoyed about the game. Or conversely, why something sucks if it sucks. Yeah. No, I think you mentioned that. Have you picked up any games that he explicitly covered? I actually can think of one if you can't think of one that I know you picked up. I don't know if you saw his coverage of it before or after. The one thing I think I'm thinking of is... There's something from one of the best of videos, which I think mm-hmm. was Monolith, that mm-hmm. I did pick up. I don't know if that was directly from him, but probably that video, which showed some gameplay and music. And then on top of that, my friend or our friend Mike's recommendation mm-hmm. of it ended the show. up in me the getting show. the game. Yeah, yeah. I can think of uh, Fall Guys. He did a video on, and then the other one was um, that like Smash clone. Not the most recent one, but the one earlier. All uh, right, all right, that's fair. I can't, I can't remember the name of that one, but uh, Slap it was City, silly. Slap City. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, um, that was definitely something that we I made you play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we actually, I mean, we didn't put nearly the amount of time as actual Smash, but it was enjoyable. It was entertaining. It's just in the back of my mind it's just like this could be smash why is this not balanced why can he spam this move and i can't escape <laughs> um, 
but yeah um i think he's i think on our list i don't think it's would be controversial to say that uh, donkey is by far the most popular and some other people on the list might have some similar takes but uh, might be a little bit different so i have um seth on here uh his it's it's like seth zinch or whatever zinch from seth zantek uh, it's yeah. one of the names from one of the gods from warhammer yes uh-huh uh and uh i i've always pronounced it like zinch but i don't know exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced it's really it's a weird god but the god of um excess and pleasure and uh, all of that anyways one of the chaos gods don't follow them they're evil but uh seth is uh, i i guess he's also very prolific because for a while there he had um his full patreon list like running through at the end of videos and i was like why is this video an extra three minutes long <laughs> like once the review was done and it's because his like merchants guild <laughs> has so many people in it um but uh, his his form of content is very much more, um, I would say, irreverent and not politically correct, and it's pretty possibly offensive. <laughs> yeah, sometimes offensive. It's uh, a lot of yeah. It's very offensive, sometimes unnecessarily so. Yeah. Um, but like he's it's... Report- so many types of games. Right, oh, like yeah. old games, janky games, porn games. He's done everything. A lot of it more so is type of old RPGs mm-hmm. as kind of a broad stroke. He's definitely done some other things as well. But his style is typically he will show some gameplay and talk about his experience with it, but then also kind of delve into this narrative. Yes. That's yeah. just entertaining of like He's a storyteller. Yeah. He, he weaves yeah. it into a story and it's usually some bullshit about the game, but he's like taking it down like this winding path of some chaos. Yeah. He'll be talking about like a, um, like an RTS or something like that. And then talk through a playthrough and describe his, uh, it's, it's honestly just like the art of storytelling. I think like this is, this is a, as a side thing. It's just a really good skill to develop, but basically take something that's not interesting at all, just like an event and figure out how to like draw it out, but then also inject like interesting descriptions and the whole thing. And that's literally what he does for reviews. Not that like the base content would be necessarily boring, but well, you can tell that there's an obsession, obsessive amount thing, right? in the script. Yeah. To, to your point, heroes of might and magic. The yes. gameplay for that always look like shit. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest fucking thing, and it just looks like hot garbage when he shows. But he always talks about like running into bugs and like how to get around them mm-hmm. and how to like force cheese something to like raise a demon army. Like there's always this narrative or woven storyline in to make it interesting. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about Heroes of Might and Magic, but I will watch every goddamn Seth video from here on out because of They're it. So good. It's also just an, an uh, unhealthy, like obsessive uh, take on games sometimes where like any rational person would have just stopped playing. But instead, it's just like, oh, no, we're going to align these 15 mirrors to the exact perfect angle so we can continue this uh, puzzle, even though if any of them are out of place, the game will just tell you that they're not in place and you won't know which mirror is wrong. It's like actual insane levels of playing through the game and clearing it like like a child 
right? That has a single game and they're just like, no, I'm playing the video game. Yeah. Um, but this, this, uh, but he's got a huge list of games to go through and a bunch of people that are, uh, you know, paying him on Patreon to do it. I think it's either, I mean, I'm sure he actually is probably insane in that way yeah. where mm-hmm. when he says he spent like a hundred hours on a given game, I believe him because mm-hmm. that's at least how he portrays it. You don't yeah. ever get the feeling of like, hey, I checked this game for 20 minutes. Uh, here's my thoughts. It's uh, I obsessively did this one thing. And here is me giving you the tome, the Bible about that experience. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a glimpse into uh, an experience that I'll never really have with some of these games too. Like you're talking about, so to contrast with Donkey, Donkey oftentimes covers um, either AAA or sometimes just playable games. And Seth doesn't always do that. Sometimes it's just like this game is text-based and it doesn't use conventional controls and you have to get these mods to make it even like playable. Like Space Station 13. Like, uh, great video. Super entertaining. Literally, the storytelling comes through a ton. Would I ever play that game? I don't think so. Probably (laughs) not. Um, You know, but at the same time, there have been games that that he's covered and I immediately kind of just went and you know, threw it on my wish list. Um, I can think of two. Yeah. I was going to go with the ones you could think of while I uh, tried to actually remember what I said. Okay. So one video that caught my interest. And then I think myself, Jake and Mike picked up was synthetic. Yes. Which is kind Mm -hmm. of a isometric slash top down shooter. Mm -hmm. Um, You're an Android. You have guns. I think we had an episode on it. We did, yeah. But it was just an all-around good time. But I wouldn't know if that game's existence if it wasn't for that video. And I wouldn't have been on board unless he sold it in the way that he did. Yes. Mm -hmm. And another one that I don't think I got because of Seth, but definitely made me go back and play, was Path of Exile. Oh, yeah. I still love that video. I Actually, I don't know if I've seen his Path of Exile video. That has to be one of the older ones, right? Old-ish, maybe? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of contrasting to uh, the AAA space. A lot of games that like Seth would cover are things that are either... They, they would have possibly been popular within the genre, but like before I was born, or <laughs> like stuff people have never really heard about. Um, so like uh, I think Solaris is the name of the one I was thinking of. Okay. Um, it's like uh, it's. I, I thought I added a shortcut on Steam, which I was going to use to search for it, but I don't believe I did. I'm going to validate it just because I think that the game's freaking great, and I don't want to like mention <laughs> some other game instead, <laughs> something I just made up. Um, Star Sector, Star Sector uh, is the one I was thinking of, um, and it's just like indie game, not sold on Steam not sold on websites that aren't the company's website. That's like old payment method uh, system. Um, really, really cool, like top-down sort of like, I not isometric, but top-down like space, um, spaceship game, like battle simulator, trading, colony management, all of that. It looks really freaking good. And like, I love these games as a kid. And they've almost like died out as a genre. 
like outside of these YouTube personalities, nobody's covering these games, right? Why would you talk about a game that doesn't even come out on Steam or, you know, consoles? Um, and there's not really another way for me to like get notified of these like kind of fringe games of genres that I still really enjoy. Um, well, I think there's always going to be a need for somebody to kind of champion those more niche sectors mm-hmm. to use that word again. Ah, ah. Like for the stars, <laughs> the stars, stars above. <laughs> Cause yeah, like let's say if somebody was really into all of the Lego game franchise, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh my God, they're adding a new mechanic that involves this type of block or whatever the fuck that would be. It's awesome to have that small community who's like very diehard about it. Yeah. In the same way, RTS has been a weirdly shaky genre for what direction it's going. Apparently Mm. remaster. Um, But there's still tons of fucking people who love that. Yeah. So it's, it's good to see people who still care about it and have those content creators. Yeah. Because I know, I feel like it's hard to stay on the hype train about something if nothing's come out about it for like new games, new content, new anything. But if you have Mm. a community built up around it and they're still making videos, it keeps the hype alive. Yeah. You know how many silk song memes I still see on YouTube here and there a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, we will, we have to pick that up. It's freaking holiday. It's so good. Team cherry. (laughs) Please don't fail us. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I I agree completely. It's good to have somebody repping the the underdogs in this case. And that actually touches on something else I wanted to mention, which was um, like, obviously, people who have a large following like, you know, uh, Seth in this case, they can put out a video on a game and basically like single handedly save the, um, the, the, the like developers, the publishers like it's not actually hyperbole to say like Seth puts out a video on a game and then sales through that game, like go through the roof. All of like the reviews on steam are, Hey, Hey people. And like all this other stuff, because it's just a massive surge of a community who literally just follows him and then makes the determination. Am I interested in this game or not? And then runs out and picks it up. If it's like a relatively cheap indie game. And on the flip side, they like sometimes. So Seth and Mandalore, who is the other person we're going to talk about, like they cover a game and they're like, and now it's on sale as of the time that this video came out. And that's when it kind of gets like, it's good. Right. Are, are but you then that questioning if it's like motivated by something else? Right. I mean, I guess it's fine as long as there's no, you know, back dealings, but it's definitely a connection between the developer and the reviewer that's even more explicit than what we like were complaining about earlier with um AAA reviewers, right? Because in this case it's like could you could you imagine if IGN was like a uh, new Call of Duty game came out, here's the review, we gave it an 8 out of 10 and if you read this review as soon as it came out, it's on sale, buy it here, right? Like it's actually kind of the same thing. It's just we're making the assumption that there's nothing else behind the scenes. I mean, I guess I get where that's coming from. I guess my assumption has always been more of that. 
they're like, hey, I'm doing a review on this game. Um, there's probably some de- degree of negotiation for, would you guys mind putting this on sale? Or yeah. like, if and I'm that's going what to advertise do. it, could I get like a cut of something or whatever? But I will say for at least more so Mandalore, because he's very even keel mm-hmm. um, for all of these individuals. Uh, he will talk shit on the things that he doesn't like. Yes. He doesn't mm-hmm. bash it in any way. But what I like about... Do you want to keep talking about Seth? Anything else? Or do you good transition? No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just switch off. Check out anybody we mention if they sound interesting because mm-hmm. they each have their own well of content. Yeah. Seth, check it out from a personal PC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go incognito maybe for that. Um, for Mandalore's stuff, one thing I've always noticed that I never would have thought about before is he talks about sound design in games. Yes. And like some mm-hmm. much more nuanced things as far as like graphical interactions where I'm just kind of like, oh, it's either good and believable or it's not. Mm-hmm. But he will actually give you like scenes of like, here's his battle. Here's some ambiance music. And it really seems to fit. Yeah. And he shuts up for some of those. Like yeah, he like, literally has a clip of just the music. But he talks about his experience very fairly in the mechanics. And he will have a lot of RTS type games or uh, just war type games, but he gets very specific about what things he likes that have been good in the genre. uh, And he will nitpick things that he thinks can be approved upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love his, his thoroughness. He still has some of the same dedication to playing through games, even if they're bad that Seth has. Um, But it's not like tinged with an edge of insanity. It's just, I, so I guess the difference is I imagine like Seth kind of like jumping all over trees, like ripping stuff apart and like throwing it down is always entertaining. You're always watching what he's doing. And Mandalore's like got like glasses and a notepad and he's just kind of like slowly walking through all of the scenery, like jotting down things. You're just like, hmm. Hmm. And then like what we get at the end of that is the presentation he makes given all of the notes he took moving through this experience. Yes. What is interesting, though, is that they're they're actually friends. Yes. At least from like, a YouTuber <laughs> standpoint. But they've been in each other's videos before. Oh, my gosh. And it's yeah. cool to see that type of cross-pollination because I'm like, I like respect this person. I also like respect that person. That's cool that they know each other. Yeah, there's been several times they have like a, a clip with that shows both of them like in the same Discord channel or like uh, Mandalore was doing a review of like a spaceship game. And there's just this little cameo where he's talking about how like all of the different stations have um, voices uh, for uh, when you're like approaching and you're going to engage in like an auto docking procedure. This might have been like elite dangerous or what have you. Um, And then he was just like approaching a station and you just hear this robotic voice. It's like, you now have permission to come inside me. And I was like, (laughs) that was sad. That was 100% sad. Make your way to landing pad one three. Permission granted to come inside me. Okay, Commander. Your assigned landing pad is number three. It's modulated, <laughs> but it's just right there. And it's I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's I'm kind of highlighting the differences between the two. Mm-hmm. He plays it straight. Mandalore plays it straight and, and Seth kind of does whatever. Yeah. Mandalore but, still has some jokes here and there, but mm-hmm. It's more like ride chuckles that you'll get. But mm-hmm. I think most recently, Jake and I grew up 
together uh, right. playing some like the thief games or at <laughs> least have some vague fond memories about them but mandalore yeah. was covering them like thief dark age uh thief three whatever the fuck that title was right they had a three in it yeah. oh no no i'm thinking of fear <laughs> deadly shadows was three yeah but it was cool to like get that nostalgia trip and then he will actually talk about like the game and level design the like he talks about every aspect of it pretty much yeah how things feel to play how it looks how it sounds and it gives you a good holistic view i don't think for any of mandalore's games how that i've actually checked out i think i've wish listed one or two yeah because they seemed interesting I think I picked some of them up. I definitely picked some of them up. Actually, he covers. He covers. It's kind of funny because Seth's name comes from Warhammer, like one of the Chaos Gods, and Mandalore's comes from like Star Wars. But Mandalore co- covers a lot of um, Warhammer, a lot of Warhammer <laughs> games, and so I've at least played a lot of them. Definitely, um, um, Warhammer Forty K uh, Mechanicus. Uh, was one of the more recent ones, I think under rail, um, some other space games, things like that. Um, he also plays like really esoteric games, much like Seth does that I would not really go back and play or I'd not really get into, but, uh, he also plays some of those niche genre games I am interested in. That's the other thing. It's, it's nice to have somebody to kind of quote the nostalgia critic, uh, for them to remember so that we don't have to. Mm-hmm. do i want to yeah. go back and play like a 20 hour game from the 80s no do i want somebody to cover it for 20 minutes and i'll watch that sure give yeah. me that kind of guided experience if you will yeah it's kind of like um I, I don't know if this is a thing anymore but like grandparents you like sit down with a snack a sandwich you know maybe the pb and j uh we alluded to earlier and yeah uh, jake there's pb in that uh, oh no! <laughs> it was it was it was J and J. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> does that work? B B J J. That doesn't work. No, that's 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 the protagonist of Wolfenstein, <laughs> B J Blazkowicz. Um, but uh, man, I really threw myself off track there. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but the um, uh, like grandparent, like t- reg- regaling a story. Right, you're like, what were the before times like? It's like, well, in Heroes and Might and Magic Seven, <laughs> you know, and you just go into it. You're like, as a kid, we're not going to the before times. I was thirty year old in this case, not going to the before times, <laughs> but um, it still can be interesting to hear, hear those stories, especially from people who can look at it and like have, in a way, those like rose tinted glasses for this is a game I played when I was younger. Yeah, I. It's nice to have those snapshots mm-hmm. like internet historians. Another good example of that, of yeah. I don't need to go back and re-experience everything, but if somebody can like kind of summarize it into a nice compartmentalized thing and then feed it to me. Hello. Mm. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. <there. Whoa. laughs> yeah. I think the, um, the other aspect for this that we haven't really touched on too much is that, you know, it's just an individual here. And so it can kind of be more of a, personal take right they're not representing a greater voice behind them they don't have any editorial integrity you're just like man like seth just went off the rails on this game or like mandalore he never really goes off the rails but you know whatever um 
I think that I disagree with him on this one. I just like, you know, watch it for entertainment, go to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the opposite side, if it's something that they really, really care about, that can come through in the review and the way that it can't in a professional kind of like, not objective review, but like a professional tone review. Yeah, and it's like, who would you want to wingman for you? Yeah. Somebody who cares about you or somebody who you pay $50 off the street? Mm-hmm. Which is this what guy, his name critics. is Reed's Card <laughs> Dave. Uh, he's incredibly handsome. Uh, he's just an all around great guy and other things, mm-hmm. right? It just feels like they're reading literally through a script versus what you would say, which is. Oh, was I supposed to say something there? That would have been a great time for you to have ad-libbed anything. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's like, uh, Dave's great. <laughs> <laughs> say the same thing, but with more enthusiasm. Jake, I got to start paying you more. That's obvious to me now. Um, yeah, no, that's all right. Um, are there I other, mean, the other people outside of YouTubers who you follow for this type of stuff at all? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, I mean, let's see. Outside of YouTubers, YouTube's definitely the main space for this. The other big space I was kind of thinking of is Twitch. Because obviously ah, a lot of yeah. people will be playing through a given game and kind mm-hmm. of giving their feedback on it. Big streamers like Jack Jacksepticeye, mm-hmm. um, PewDiePie, Game Grumps, even. They definitely... I don't know if I'm as involved in that space, but we we have entered an age of Twitch can completely launch games, right? Like we've talked about Among Us and Fall Guys and all all of that, but like what really spread Among Us wasn't marketing, it wasn't reviews, the game had literally already been out for a long time. It was literally just the platform Twitch yes. picked it up. And then everyone made content on it. To this day, it's still going. Jesus, fuck. Yes. Hidden Roll, as it turns out. Have an episode on it. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> um, I, I, this is a side thing, but we've reached the age of maturity with the podcast where it's like we bring up a topic and we're just like, please go to the appendix and see <laughs> like uh, episode uh, 25 where we talked about this topic in detail. That came up like four times in this episode, which is hilarious. I like how Jake's comparing us to The Simpsons. Yes, yeah, Soapstone did it. <laughs> Yeah, That's episode we, 234? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't personally, I, I, I usually watch like friend Twitches. Is that, is that the word for it? Twitches? Yeah. <laughs> I watch it my, when my friends Twitch. Um, but uh, uh, otherwise, I don't engage that much. But it is massive in the industry. Yeah, I will say I don't really have a lot of video game Twitch streamers that I'll follow. It's more so some of the YouTubers who I follow will have Twitch streams on occasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll check that out briefly. Um, but still, I much prefer the curated content than I'll wait four hours for something to happen. Right. It's just yeah. not my thing. Yeah, it is a lot. Largely what we've described, everything up to this point, have taken advantage of the fact that like um, like Seth Mandel or everyone like that, like if you're going to be doing a review or like a video on YouTube, it's very, very common to just like cut out all the breaks and what you say. And so you're speaking more rapidly. You're like, you're speaking at the same pace, but there's not pauses between what you say. Um, And 
they still, you know, have their own pace, but it allows the video to be much more curated than like the Twitch stream where they might've been playing the game initially and sharing initial impressions. Um, and it's just like, would you rather watch a video before or after they like hit the cutting room floor, right? Where they took out everything that, you, you know, didn't actually end up uh, making it in. I only have so much time and uh, it doesn't matter that much, but YouTube's better. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But I will For say, review I, purposes. I've definitely become, my interest has been piqued from some friends playing games. Yes. Whether mm-hmm. it's on Discord or Twitch. I'm like, oh, okay. I see the yeah. appeal of that. Yeah, I um, I definitely saw, uh, like you said, Resident Evil 8. I was watching uh, Dan play Resident Evil 8, like Mercenaries mode, and I was like, this mode looks pretty freaking sweet. Um, I can understand why they, they continue to add it to Resident Evil. Um, and I would be lying if I was saying, like, that doesn't have an impact on my purchasing decisions, right? Like, 100% it does. Um, I mean, I feel like it should. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that I'll check out, whether it's video games, food, music, it's from friends saying, "Hey, I enjoy People. this thing. I think you'll probably enjoy this thing too. Check it out." Right, right. What I guess you, I, what did you mutter <laughs> under your breath? I said "people," <laughs> which made the next thing you said actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy this person. You should check them out. <laughs> <laughs> they're so they're so hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's a. Uh, to conclude my thoughts on it, at least there's not, I feel like this is really the future of um, like where true video game influence goes. And I know that sounds bad for like GameSpot, IGN, these like giant bomb places that are, you know, their entire organization is setting up reviews. Those will continue to exist, but um, this kind of the word, I guess is like parasocial relationship, like between people and streamers. Um, those relationships extend like perfectly into this space where it's just like, oh, I really trust this person's take on something. I trust this individual. And those bonds are way stronger when it's a personality instead of like a publication. Um, and so I do think that's just going to continue to take off. Um, I mean, yeah. It's, that's my okay. take. <laughs> Disagree, Dave? <laughs> uh, yes, counterpoint. I agree. Uh, yeah. So like, when I had a brief stint in, I don't know if we call it a pyramid scheme, but definitely yeah. multi-level marketing, because I had mm-hmm. like a summer where I did cut co-knives. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, one of the reasons that they do that kind of door-to-door is you're getting customers who you know. They're like yes. friends or family that you're like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Could you hang out for an hour and listen to my sales pitch? And they're like, yes. But it's because that level of trust is there. They have some idea of who you are and what you're literally going to bring to the table Mm. versus some stranger in their home who they wouldn't necessarily trust. There was an old marketing statistic of you might need to hear an ad like seven times before you actually like it kind of clicks like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Versus Mm -hmm. if somebody says, Hey, there's this product. You go, oh, okay. Yeah. So, how many people, how many times have you heard, hey, hey, people, Seth here, though? See, that's, that's the counterpoint. You're uh-oh. being conditioned, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to do that at the next party. Hey, hey, people. 
<laughs> so are, are, are we influencers, Jake? Ooh, that's a tough question. I mean, categorically, we cover a lot of games. We give our opinions on them. Have we ever purchased, have we ever, I guess the question would be, have we ever influenced someone to purchase a game? Probably at some point. <laughs> I can I tell like one it, or two people who checked is. out something and cited, oh, I really liked your episode on that. It sounded cool. So I checked it out and picked it up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that counts. It's a handful of cases, but um, yeah. also I don't know why they didn't reach out to me when I've offered to buy probably half of these games for people. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you know you, can, you know you can trust our opinions on games, not because we're qualified. We're definitely not, but because we don't make any money doing anything. That's true. <laughs> anyway, check out my Patreon. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Um, I think I think I think we could be in a loose in a loose sense. I would argue that perhaps our reach is and this is a hot take, but less than video game donkeys. Um, yeah, we're we're basically a fourteen year old who just got their TikTok account. That's the mm-hmm. level we're at right now, you know. Oh yeah, TikTok's the thing. Oof, didn't consider that one. Our next episode will be up on TikTok. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> do they do they allow one hour audio only I, <laughs> postings? I imagine not. I imagine not. <laughs> don't have an account. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I suppose we are. If you could be, nah. Should I say that question? Nah, we'll do go for it. Like, if you could be, would you? want to do more of this uh would you would you step into the the shoes of one of these video game influencers and make a career out of it it's an interesting it's a path that i guess like you know not many people actually can take obviously but the idea sounds interesting Mm -hmm. uh, but just knowing how i operate and how i don't like to engage with strangers all that much yeah. I don't think it would be ideal for me, but I think mm. it would be a fun thing to experiment it with. Like I like playing I, games yeah, that I like, like a hobby and thing, I like talking maybe. about them, right? As a hobby. Yeah. But if I had to play a game within a week and then I had to have like a review video out once a week and mm-hmm. edit it and then have like some degree of engagement, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That would drain, right? If it was the only thing I had to do for a job, I don't think it'd be that bad. Mm-hmm. but it would definitely remove some of my enjoyment from it because for me, video games is still, yeah, it's a pastime versus an obligation. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that's why our podcast format is well suited to us. Um, and if you have ideas uh, where you could suggest a game that may be well suited to us or even not, we don't get that many of those. Um, could send those in to us at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could join the discussion on facebook where people are always talking about how much we influence their purchasing decisions and how we've changed their lives episode by episode with our endless positivity it's freaking great um at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one i apologize for deleting those comments have a good night 
Hey, hey, people. Seth here. I just want you to know that I'm doing this of my own free will, and I'm in no way, shape, or form being blackmailed by the 14K Triad Syndicate in Hong Kong.